when I, when we work with people, what we look at first, there's really three components that make up a successful podcast. It's not your microphone. It's not the hosting platform that you use. It's not how great your voice sounds on air. But it's three things that most people don't think about. The first is, we call it a binge-worthy content formula. A formula for creating content that can attract new listeners, tell them why your show is relevant to them, attract them in, keep them listening. This is really important. We don't want them to just listen to one episode. We want them to keep coming back. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Courtney. Courtney, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, Michelle, thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Awesome. So let everybody know, uh, highlight who you are and what you do for business. Yes, I am Courtney Elmer. I'm the CEO and founder of The Effortless Life and the creator of Podlaunch. And what we do is we work with experts to help them reach a global audience with their message through a top-ranked podcast that not only can drive leads and traffic to their business, but that can really position them as that authority in their niche and take them from where they are now, which is that unheard expert with all this knowledge to share, but to someone who can be seen as that go-to authority, that in-demand thought leader in whatever niche they serve. Nice, I love it. And of course, preaching to the choir and we're gonna have some awesome conversation. So give us, let's back up the bus a little bit. And how did you get into podcasting as your thing and positioning experts? You know, what's so crazy, Michelle, about this question is that I never saw myself teaching podcasting, not in a million years. <laughs> no, when I got into business, it was all about, you know, serving people, transformation, limiting beliefs. I started business as a life coach, a mindset coach. I, I realized very quickly that wasn't exactly marketable. You know, people are walking around with pain points and problems to solve and not necessarily thinking about how great their life could be once those things are solved. But I have to look back at my childhood for where the impetus for my podcast and now, of course, for the work that I do in the world really came into play. Because as I look back, the dots connect so clearly. When I was growing up, I was the oldest of three girls, very opinionated, very outspoken, bossy, sassy, you name it, I was called it. And my mom was always trying to tell me, Courtney, you got to be respectful. You know, you can't talk to people that way, especially adults. And she was, this is her famous line to me. And then if I heard it once, I, you know, I heard it a million times, Courtney, your mouth, it's what gets you in trouble. <laughs> Go to your room, write these lines, you're getting punished, you know? And so one day, for whatever reason, I internalized that message. There were years where it didn't bother me, but then as I got older, I really began to believe that nobody really cared what I had to say or that my opinion didn't matter as much. And that was a message that unconsciously, unbeknownst to me, I carried with me through the next almost 20 years. When I was about 25 years old, not about, I was 25 years old, I had just gotten married to the love of my life. And we'd gone on our honeymoon, we came back, and I had a really bad sinus infection before the wedding. So my doctor was like, look, when you're back in town, let's schedule a follow-up, come see me, you know, we'll, we'll check you out. So I walked in the doctor's office that day and I sat down. And the doctor walks in and looks at me and was like, I know that this is not the news that you expected to hear today, but we got your test results back from a couple weeks ago and you have thyroid cancer. You're the youngest patient I've ever had. 
The good news is this particular type of cancer is pretty treatable. But the bad news is that yours has started to spread. And we need to operate as soon as possible. We're going to have to completely remove your thyroid. The biggest risk of this surgery is that your vocal cords could be severed. Michelle, when I tell you, I think my jaw hit the floor in that moment. I can remember just right? gripping my husband's hand, my brand new husband, thinking in sickness and in health, this is not exactly how I thought this was going to go. Right. And so fast forward over the next few weeks, few months, I had to slow down for the first time in my life and really think about what am I doing with my life? You know, never when you're faced with your own mortality, it's like, ooh, it brings things into perspective real quick. And I knew that the path that I was on, which was in corporate, like many of us have started out, you know, in the corporate world, working nine to five and then some nights, weekends, lunch breaks, you know, working, 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 climbing our way up that ladder. I knew that that wasn't the path for me anymore. It had never been the path, but it was the path I was on. But it became painfully obvious that I needed to do something different. So that's when I decided I was going to start my business. So I started my business. And about four years into business, I was really struggling with getting in front of new people. I had tapped out my warm audience. I didn't have a huge budget for paid ads. And I was trying to figure out what can I do to market my business to get in front of new audiences. So I was listening to podcasts. My son was about 18 months old at the time. And I remember this like yesterday because it was the only hands-free time I would get. I would strap him in the stroller. I'd pop my AirPods in. I'd give him a bunch of snacks. And like, we'd go for walks in our neighborhood. And I would just binge listen, binge listen to all of these experts telling me, here's what you need to do to market your business. Do this, do that, do the other thing. And at the time, I was working in like the little nap time pockets of the day. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to devote to my business, which meant that the time I devoted needed to be used really well. And one day it just dawned on me. And I was like, wait a second, instead of listening to all these things that these experts are telling me to do, I need to start paying attention to what they're actually doing, which was podcasting. And very quickly, I noticed that their podcast was the main hub of all the content that they created. Everything that I saw in their email, I was like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, it was like their email newsletter. Well, wait a second. They talked about that on the podcast this week. You know, their social media content. Well, those are just clips of them from that episode that aired this week. Their blog posts, it was all tied back to the podcast. And I thought, that is so smart. And why not me? I could do that. So after nine months of overthinking and self-doubt and hemming and hawing, I decided to launch my own podcast. Never in a million years expecting to get over 65 five-star reviews within the first week. People were messaging me saying, where has this been? This is amazing. Thank you for making this. It's the exact thing show that I've been looking for. And that felt really good. But then people in my network started reaching out to me and they were like, how'd you do that? I want to start a podcast. You know, I've been thinking about this for a while. You had a lot of success. Can you walk me through what you did? So this was like in peak pandemic, like height of COVID. We're all, you know, still sequestered in our homes and wearing our pajamas to work. And I was like, look, we're going to meet on Zoom. I'll show you what I did. If it works for you, great just going to hand it off to you. So this was 11 people. This was the very first beta group of what we now teach in my program, Pod Launch. And they went out and they applied what I did and they got better results than I did. And I'll never forget, one of them came back to me. He was a trademark attorney. And I remember thinking, I'd never told him this, but I was like, this is boring. Nobody's going to want to listen to, you know, a legal podcast. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this is going to go. He went out, he got over a hundred five-star reviews. 
He came back to me a month later and he said, Courtney, it was fun to see those reviews coming in. Of course, it was cool to rank number 34 on the business charts, like my wildest dreams. That was awesome. He said, but I ran the numbers for our business last month and we had our best month in sales ever. I was like, I know it was because of the podcast launch. People are just buzzing about it. And I was like, you know, because I was, here I am going, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is going to work for you. And it worked for him really well. And that's when I knew I was onto something. So I started very much under the radar teaching podcasting to business owners and teaching what most people miss when it comes to podcasting, which is the psychology, the human behavior piece. Plenty of people out there teach you the tech, they teach you the logistics, but very few of them are teaching you how do we actually get inside of our listeners' mind to attract them to our show, to keep them listening to our show, to keep them coming back to our show, all of which are very important for the algorithms so that they can share our show with more people. And I started falling in love with it. But then I reached this point in my business where I was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. This is like this bastard child that I never planned on. And this offer was doing really well. It was like the weed that just wouldn't die. I didn't water it. You know, it just, it would, it just took off. And at the same time, I had this other offer where we focused on business systems and scaling that was also doing really well. And I was like, I can't do both because I can't go all in on either one. So I had to get really quiet and figure out, you know, where is my heart leading me? And that brought me back to my nine-year-old self and how she wanted so, so badly to be heard, to be valued, to know that she mattered and to be able to use her voice freely in the world, to express herself, to be who she really was. And that's when I knew what I needed to do and where I needed to focus. And that is our focus now, which is me being able to utilize my voice to create what I hope to be meaningful change in the world, but more importantly, to help other people do that too. Because for each of us as entrepreneurs, our voice is the thing that makes us unique. It's like a fingerprint and only we can use it. What a great story. Thank you. So let's get into how you're working with people and, and the difference that you are making. Let's talk about the psychology of the shows. First off, why does it matter? And then kind of get into some of the aspects of it. Yeah. Well, look, a lot of people come to us and it's one of two types of people. One, they have not utilized long form content in their marketing yet. So these are the people who have thought about launching a podcast. They listen to podcasts. They see the value in podcasting, but they haven't taken that leap yet because they're worried, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to keep up with that. It seems like a lot of work. You know, I have a business to run. I don't want to podcast full time. I don't need to make a living podcasting, right? I'm not trying to become a full-time podcaster. Or they're worried that they're going to run out of things to talk about. Maybe they bought the mic and it's sitting on the shelf collecting dust in their closet. They haven't done anything with it. So it's like this idea that won't leave them alone. So that's on, on one side of the coin. On the other hand, we, we work with those people who come to us and they're like, look, I have a podcast. I've had this podcast for two years and it's generating nothing for me. You know, I'm still only getting 30 to 50 downloads per episode. Why? I I've done everything. You know, I post it to social media. I share it to my email list. I'm always talking about my podcast. I see the downloads fluctuate a little bit, but it never really has taken off in the way that I expected. And worst of all, they're not getting leads from it which for us as business owners, we know, well, we got to be getting some kind of ROI on our time. 
So when, I, when we work with people, what, what we look at first, there's really three components that make up a successful podcast. It's not your microphone. It's not the hosting platform that you use. It's not how great your voice sounds on air. But it's three things that most people don't think about. The first is, we call it a binge-worthy content formula. A formula for creating content that can attract new listeners, tell them why your show is relevant to them, attract them in, keep them listening. This is really important. We don't want them to just listen to one episode. We want them to keep coming back. And to ultimately prime the pump, develop that trust, build that relationship with them so that when they need what we have to offer, they think of us and they reach out and they say, hey, I know you can help with this problem. Can we talk about what it looks like to work together? The problem is most people think that binge-worthy content is just the content in the episodes, like this interview that we're doing right now. And most hosts think, okay, if this interview or if this episode, if it's a solo cast is good enough, if it's really valuable and it's packed with actionable information, then people are going to find it. They're going to love it. They're going to keep listening. They'll keep coming back. When the reality is that there's actually five stages that a listener has to go through before they decide whether or not they even want to hit play. I call them your five content gatekeepers. Because if a listener can't make it past any one of these five gates, they're out. They're choosing a competitor. And you miss out on that potential listener and that potential lead that they could become for you. So when I say binge-worthy content, I'm referring, yes, to the content in your episodes. We have to know how to lead your listeners on a journey, but also the content before those episodes. And I'll give you a quick example. So when you're scrolling the podcast feed, very first thing that a listener sees, unconsciously, without any logical thought about it, they see your cover art. Now, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is trying to make their show look like other shows of their type. They go and they look at all the other podcasts and they say, okay. And, and again, unconsciously, we kind of pick up on these bits of information. They're using bright colors. They're using bold colors. They're using bold text. They have, you know, blocks of color behind the text, right? They have a photo. They have this, they have that. And we try to imitate this. Well, the problem with that is that it doesn't make you stand out. It makes you blend in. Worse, some of them use Canva templates, which look, I'm not knocking Canva. I use Canva for everything from social media graphics to slide decks to you name it, we've used it. But podcast cover art is different because first you have to understand who you're speaking to. Who's the show for? And then how are we going to attract them through the visuals of the podcast to communicate unconsciously what your podcast has to offer? You know, some people say, well, I'm just going to get it done on Fiverr. Well, Fiverr is a great place for a lot of things, not for cover art, because those artists are not trained in podcasting specifically when it comes to the psychological piece of who's my listener and how are we communicating that message through the visual imagery of the podcast. So look at Amy Porterfield. She's one of the top 10 hosts in the marketing category on any given day. And if you take a screenshot on any given day of the top 10 shows in that category, You'll notice that most of them use really bright, warm colors, oranges, yellows, pinks, reds. They're really bold. But if you look at Amy, Amy did the opposite. Now, whether she was aware of this, I don't know. Maybe she had a really great graphic person on her team that understood this piece that I'm about to share with you. 
the background of her, her artwork is light gray. She's wearing a light blue shirt, cool colors, softer colors. Her text, super clear, super easy to read. And the imagery of the podcast, not only is it different from the other shows in her space, but it conveys the vibe or the message of her show, which is online marketing made easy. So she nailed it. So think about it. This is just one gatekeeper. Imagine if you have all five of these dialed in, it's like game over. You know, we haven't even got to the episode content, but this is how we can begin to communicate unconsciously with our listener to create subconscious demand for the work that we do. But again, this is just pillar one, that binge worthy content piece. I mentioned there are two other pillars that every top podcast needs. And one of those is a launch and relaunch system. And what's really important about this is that right now, the time of this recording, podcast players have a ways to go when it comes to serving up new content for listeners. What I mean by that, let's imagine Netflix for a minute. You know how when you watch a show on Netflix and then right when that show ends, it asks you thumbs up, thumbs down. Did you like it? Did you not? And then, oh, you might also like these shows. And then it shows you like this bar of like five, six, seven, eight other shows. Like you might like this. You might like this. If you watch this, you might like this. We don't have that in podcasting to that degree. So the best avenue of discoverability is the podcast charts. The problem with getting on the charts is that, you know, if you're looking on your phone at Apple Podcasts and you scroll all the way to the bottom of any given category, you're only seeing maximum the top 100 shows in that category. On the computer, it, it goes to the top 200, but that's it. There might be thousands of shows in that category, but where are they? I don't know. How do we find them? It's going to be really tough. So the charts are the best avenue of discovery. And a launch and relaunch system can help you get in those charts so that you don't have to wait five years for your show to take off, that you can start getting that traction from day one and generating buzz for your show. Because if, if Netflix, let's imagine back to before Stranger Things was the phenomenon that it became. If Netflix hadn't created the buzz that it created for that show, Personally, I don't believe it would have taken off in the way that it did. Kind of weird. It's kind of far out. It's a little science fiction-y. And that's not my type of show that I would normally gravitate to. But suddenly, because Netflix put the energy and the effort into creating the buzz, people started buzzing about it. And then you kind of pick up on that. And you're like, well, I don't want to be left behind. I better go watch that thing. Right? And then you get hooked and you keep listening and you keep watching and you keep coming back. And that's how podcasting works, too. And then third and finally, Michelle, I know I'm giving you a lot here. I'm giving our listeners a lot to think about. We can dive into any one of these aspects that you want to. But at a high level, third and finally, it's a long-term audience building strategy. Because once you have a podcast that you've launched, that's up, it's running, our brain goes, okay, how do I grow this thing? How do I monetize this? How do I get leads from this? And so that's when we need to begin to look at the different ways that you could potentially drive traffic to your podcast. But of those, which is going to be the best one for you, for your goals with your podcast, for your goals with your business? How many leads do you want to be bringing in a month? 
And then we can begin to start dialing in that strategy to say, okay, here, and we build a custom strategy. These are going to be the best strategies to get you where you want to go in light of those goals. And then that becomes for the duration. And the beautiful thing I will say about all of this is that once you have this dialed in and you understand the deeper nature of podcasting that goes beyond just, you know, plugging in the mic, hitting publish, then you can really begin to create the movement that my guess is many people listening here today that you want to create. Because for most of us, yeah, we're in business. We want to make money, but it's more about the impact. It's more about what we leave behind. And it's about creating that legacy, that thought leadership content that lives beyond us and almost takes on a life of its own. Awesome. So for those who don't know what you mean by launch and relaunch, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So launch and relaunch. Let's dig into that a little bit. So there's seven elements that make up a launch and relaunch system. What most podcasters do when they go to launch a podcast is they think, okay, I got to have good content got to have cover art, got to have a microphone, you know, got to get all the components ready. And I just got to find time on my calendar to block off and record. And then I'll hit publish and then people will find it and then it will grow. And it's okay if it takes a couple months. I know it's going to take some time, right? We kind of make these excuses for ourselves and we say, okay, it's going to take some time. But then we pick our head up, you know, three months down the road, six months down the road. And we're like, this show is still only getting 10 downloads an episode. What is going on? Why is this thing not growing? And I'm not exaggerating. This is a very common experience for a lot of podcasters. There's a lot of hosts that have yet to break a 100 downloads per episode, much less a 1,000. So I look at it this way. If you were to have spent, let's say, a year or more writing a book, you wouldn't just hire someone on Fiverr to create the cover, put it up on Amazon, hit publish, and cross your fingers and hope that it becomes a bestseller. At least I hope you won't because, you know, that is not going to work. We all know that that kind of strategy is not going to work, right? we got to tell people about the book. You, you be calling people. You'd be telling them, hey, I've got this book coming out. You'd be going back to all your clients, right? You'd be creating your own buzz around it. You'd probably have a strategic launch plan to launch that book into the world. There'd be a promotional campaign that you would run. we got to make people aware of it. But that's how people start podcasts. They say, okay, I'm just going to hit publish and see where this goes. And then they're very disappointed to find that it goes nowhere. 88% of podcasters quit before the first year. And this breaks my heart because they walk away from this experience thinking podcasting doesn't work. I'm back to square one. Now what do I do to reach more people? And worse, what does this mean about me? Did people not like what I had to say? Maybe it was my message. You know, and all of this self-doubt just takes over because it's like, gosh, if People didn't listen. Well, then that almost confirms my worst fears about myself, which is that nobody cares, that I'm not valuable, that what I have to share isn't valid. It can really take us on a, a, a very spirally path very quickly. So when it comes to launching a podcast, going back to this Netflix analogy, we have got to create our own buzz. We have to have a really strategic plan of approach leading up to the day that we hit publish, that that episode or episodes go live so that we can have support of the show from day one. Because the eight weeks following when you launch a podcast are really critical for the algorithms because they're looking at that window of time saying, okay, is this show going to be worth it? You know, if it gets traction, then 
okay, well, we might show it to a few more people. We might pop it out there for some people to see. Let's put it in the charts. You know, let's kind of see what we need to do. And there are ways that you can trigger the algorithms to drive those rankings and those sorts of things. But if your podcast doesn't get the traction, well, then the players, the podcast players are like, well, this is not very popular. We're just going to keep it where it is. You know, if people find it, they find it. But you really can miss out on the opportunity to get in front of new listeners during those critical early days of your podcast. So launch and relaunch. I mentioned there were seven things that make up this system, but I'm going to give you one thing that you can consider doing when it comes to launching your podcast. And this will work for you if you have an existing podcast that has plateaued or has never taken off. Or if you're considering a podcast, write this one down because you're going to need it. So what we do with our clients is we actually help them research the quietest day of the week to release their episodes. The reason for this is because downloads drive ranking. So if there are some big podcasts in your category, those top 100 shows, even those top 10 shows, and they're all publishing their episodes on a Tuesday, don't publish on a Tuesday. Because now suddenly you're competing with all of these bigger shows that are pulling the downloads and driving the charts on that day. And it's going to be more difficult for you to compete. So instead, what you want to do is you want to go into that category that you're planning to position your podcast in. There's a lot of different ones, depending on the nature of your podcast. It might be business. It might be marketing. It could be education or fitness, whatever that category is. And you're going to look at the top shows in that category. And I recommend doing at least 50 of them minimum. It'll take you about 30 minutes, but it's well worth the time, I promise. And you just sit down and you tally up when they release their episodes. You pull up your calendar, you write, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday down on your piece of paper. And you look at when the last time they released an episode was and you establish that pattern and you just write little tally marks. Very quickly, you'll begin to see which days are the quietest in that category. Then we want to couple that with our ideal listener. Who are they? When are they most likely to listen? And can we find a sweet spot there where we're avoiding the busiest days from a strategic perspective, but where we're also delivering that episode on a day that our listener is likely to listen? So this is, again, just one little tip. But when I share this, it usually blows people's mind. It's something not people don't think about but it can really give you the edge as the podcasting market becomes increasingly competitive to help you have that edge and that strategic advantage to getting on those charts, which is where ultimately you get discovered. Where would you say is one of the biggest areas that, that your client, your previous client, your clients, before they come to you, what is the biggest area that they're having issues in? Is it the lack of downloads, the lack of attention, or lack of messaging, what do you find is their biggest concern? Yeah, this is a great question. This is a really good question. So for those that don't have podcasts yet, their biggest problem is that they're posting three, four, five, six, seven times a week, short form content, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever it might be. And, you know, they spend an hour creating a high value post. They put it out there and they get two likes, four spam comments and nobody in the DM saying, Hey, I would love to work with you. Where do I book a call? You know? And so they continually putting in this time and this energy and this effort and getting no return from, it. and they're just burnt out. They're burnt out having to come up with all these content ideas just to post on a platform that buries their content in 24 hours and ultimately drive zero sales. 
So for these people, they come in with one concern. If I do a podcast, will it be worth my time? Or is this going to wind up being a thing just like all these other platforms that I've tried that just becomes a shiny object that comes and goes and it doesn't stick? That's their biggest concern. And underneath that, they're really worried. And what they're asking themselves is, is it worth my time? And if it is, if I can be convinced that it is worth my time, then how do I do it right? Because they value their time. They don't want to waste it. They don't want to do the trial and error. They don't want to have to take four years to figure it out. They want to be able to go into it with a strategic plan of action so that they know that the time they're investing is going to give them some kind of return. On the flip side of that, when someone comes to us with an existing podcast, it's usually because they have been releasing an episode every week without fail from the day they started their podcast, six months ago, a year ago, they haven't missed a release. They've been told consistency is the key. You got to be consistent. Don't miss it. Share it with your email list, share it with your social media. And they're doing all of that. They've tried podcast guesting because they've heard that, okay, if I get on other podcasts, then those listeners might come back to my podcast and maybe I'll see an increase in downloads. Or they've done things like tweaking up their episode content, whether it be changing the length, changing up the call to action, trying to get bigger guests on the show in hopes that they'll share it out with their audience. And they're doing all of these things. And it's all like the spaghetti that, you know, hits the wall and falls to the ground and nothing sticks. And so for those people, they're really frustrated because they are putting in the time. And the question they're asking themselves is, is it worth my time to continue? Is it worth my time to keep going with this? They're kind of holding on to that last thread of hope. And this is a frustrating place to be because again, as business owners, all of us value our time. And we know that if we're going to scale from six figures to seven or from seven figures to eight, we have to be increasingly better and more strategic at where we use our time. So that it tends to be the biggest internal dialogue, you know, question that they're asking themselves and the tangible ways that that manifests. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Yeah. Oh gosh. How do I pick? There's been a couple of clients, you know, there's one who really stands out to me that had been podcasting for two years, total expert on what he taught, absolutely knowledgeable in his field. He was only getting about 30 to 50 downloads per episode and no leads. And he came to me hanging on to that last thread of hope. And he's like, is this salvageable? And if it is, what do I need to do? So we started working with him and we took him through the three phases. We helped him really get clear on who his listener was, because this drives every aspect of your podcast. We helped him learn how to create that binge-worthy content, implement the launch and relaunch system. And then of course, once his show got up and running again, helped him with the growth piece. But when he relaunched his show, having dialed that in with his listeners, who it's for, there's some very specific tweaks that we made. He went from 30 to 50 downloads on average to over a thousand downloads in a single day with these changes. And he was like, he's so ecstatic. He broke the top 100 in the self-improvement category in the first two years of podcasting. You know, he, he was just like on cloud nine. Couldn't believe it. And there's another client who had come to us and she had a podcast that was very niche, super specific. Her business changed. She wanted to pivot. She had launched her first podcast with our method. 
had a lot of success, ranked on the charts, downloads, reviews, all those good things. But then she was like, the podcast doesn't fit anymore. I'm going this direction with my business and the podcast is in that direction. What do I do? Do I rebrand it? Do I keep that one, you know, kind of driving people to my other offer as I launch this new thing? And so we consulted with her about that and she launched her second podcast. She ranked number one in marketing. She outranked Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield. I'll never forget. We were on our way to dinner that night. My son's in the car. My husband's driving. And I'm like texting with her. She's like, oh my God, she looks like this is really going to happen. She was so ecstatic. But yes, the rankings, the, the bragging rights, as I call them, you know, those are exciting and they're fun. But what, where I really get excited for people is when this impacts their business, when now they're getting clients from it. Now they're getting their message heard in the way they deserve. Now they're reaching that global audience of people who actually want to hear what they have to say. And there's just no greater feeling for us as business owners when that happens. So I could tell stories all day, but those are the first two that came to mind. Fabulous. I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start that journey with you? Yeah. So the best place to go is our website, theeffortlesslife.co. You can get information there on our upcoming free webinars. I teach these all the time. Guys, these are no pitch. I just walk you through what we've done, what we've taught several other people to do, over five dozen coaches and consultants just like you, how to launch, how to rank, how to grow, how to monetize a podcast to drive traffic to your business, to your offers. I'd love to have you join me for one of those. Of course, my podcast, Insider Secrets to a Top 100 Podcast. If you are listening to this and you have been following me and, you know, maybe you've seen me in another world, you've found me somewhere else, you probably realize that we've recently rebranded the show. We're really excited about it. So just type in my name. You'll find me on whatever player you listen to. And, you know, if you're listening today and you're like, actually, I'm curious what it would look like to work with you, then head over to podlaunch.info. We've got a short form there you can fill out. We just ask you a few questions. You know, do you have an existing podcast? Are you thinking of launching for the first time? And that'll take you right to our calendar where you can book a call with my team and, and we'll sit down with you and we'll really talk through, first of all, is your business ready for a top 100 podcast? And if it is, what does that look like? What does that strategy look like specifically for you and for your business? We will, of course, have all of your links in the show notes. So peeps, go ahead and scroll down, click on the links and open up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So Courtney, I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know you're especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? When I was selling pine cones on the side of the road with my best friend at seven years old. I don't know where, actually, I do know where we got this idea. Her mom came over one day, dropped her off for a play date, and we had this beautiful, huge longleaf pine tree in our yard, my childhood home. And it would drop these massive pine cones, like as big as my head. And her mom just casually said, you know, you could sell those. People would buy those, like to put on their mantle, their fireplace to decorate. Look, we lived in the country. So if pine cone, you know, pine cones was like the decoration du jour, I don't, we didn't think much about it. We said, okay, we're going to do it. So we collected all the pine cones. We set up our little card table. We made a big poster. We didn't sell a single thing. Oh, but that's when I knew that I had it in me. And from there, it turned into lemonade stands and banana bread stands and blueberry jam stands, babysitting, you name it. I've done it. And uh, it's been it's been quite, quite the journey. You have been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? You know, I think, think about this. Again, going back to your voice. As entrepreneurs, it's our responsibility to use it. Think about where we would be in the world today if we didn't have people like Mother Teresa, 
or Rosa Parks or Nelson Mandela or the figures in history who have shaped history, those whose voices still ring in our ears today, whether it was your great great grandma from, you know, two generations back, three generations back, or whether it was a public figure, a historical figure, a religious figure, whatever it might be, those voices have shaped the world we live in. And we have the same opportunity to do that for future generations. Podcasting is a great vehicle for it, but whether or not you walk away from this episode convinced you need to start a podcast, my hope for you is that you understand the tremendous power and responsibility of using your voice and that you go out there and that you use it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.